You just tuned in to Mocha Speaks. It's time for real conversation. Thank y'all for joining me for Mocha Speaks podcast. This afternoon, we have a special guest by the name of Victoria Palm. She will share her story um, with us today regarding her experience with the criminal justice system. She has been a part of the AADM Community Service Program for almost a year now. Is that correct, Victoria? Yes, it is correct. All right. So, Victoria, why don't you begin by giving us a little bit background about yourself let let the audience know who you are how long you have lived in Athens are you a mother what do you do um here in Athens well for one I'm 42 years old I don't have any children I love to work with children and the handicapped okay and how long have you um resided in Athens I've been living in Athens for 42 years Okay, so you're born and raised Athenians. Yes. All right. So I know there is different um, neighborhoods that people represent. Are you an east side, west side, or are you just a classic city girl? Which one are you? I am from the west side. <laughs> All right. So she's claiming the, the west side. Road. Where? Road. I was born and raised on the Black Road. Okay. All right. So, um, Today, we want to talk a little bit about your experience with the criminal justice system. Do you want to begin by sharing your story um, in regards to what caused you to end up having to deal with the criminal justice system? Well, I've been dealing with the criminal justice system since I was 12 years old. Wow. So how did that um, first begin, if you want to share that with us? Um. It also started with not having both of my parents in the home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my great aunt, she raised me. And I was pretty much a rebellious child at that time. Uh, I went to YDC for like 17 times, not wanting to go to school, not wanting to do what nobody tell me to do. You know, just want to do what I wanted to do because, you know, I, I was feeling like I wasn't loved enough. Mm -hmm. you know, so I pretty much was crying out for love and attention. Okay. So um, can you just let the um, the listeners know what is YDC? YDC is a juvenile detention center for young adults, teenagers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how long you, um, you, you went there a couple of times? How long was the longest time? I, I went there at least 12, 13 times. Uh, the last final time I was there, I was uh, about 15 years old. I stayed there for a year and they sent me to, uh, in a, uh, to a hospital, Inner Harbor Hospital in Douglasville and found out that I had some issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a lot of uh, abandonment issues. Okay, so for someone that um, started so young in the criminal justice system, basically, you know, you don't have your parents in the home, your aunt is trying to raise you, you, you had to go in and out many times. What is something that you, when you look back on that experience, do you think that there was anything anyone could have done at that time outside of your parents to have kind of saved you? 
I feel that nobody could fit. I feel like nobody could save me because I was pretty much, you know, looking for my mom and wanting my dad. And he been in, he was in prison the whole time of my life. Okay. Okay. And as and as far as your mom, she was just not in 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 your home in your life. No, she was not in the home. My mom was strung out on drugs. Okay. Okay. So if there is a youth listening to this or someone that's that's currently going through what you have went through at that young age, what is there any advice that you can give that young person that's listening to this right now? I would tell them whatever you're going through, don't hold it in. My biggest mistake was holding a lot of things in. It's a lot of people out here that really do care for you. Only if you sit down and talk to them and let them know what's going on. Nobody cannot read your mind. People are yeah. there for you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So now fast forward um, many years later, can you carry us through that journey a little bit? So 15, you know, that was the last time you went to YDC. Um, what happens after that throughout your life story that causes you to like continue, you know, go, having to deal with the criminal justice system? Uh, pretty much what I, I don't like to be told what to do. Okay. So, okay. Like I said, they had to send me to Inner Harbor Hospital. I stayed there till I was 18 years old. Okay. Okay. 18, they sent me to like a, I was with a lady named Carolyn Dixon and um, she took me in her home. I was her first uh, child to come in her home. And I, okay. I was up in Atlanta. So that didn't work for me. I ran away and came back home. Okay. All right. So was there ever a turning point in your life where you were like, um, I have to change. I have to stop. I have to figure something else out. After I started getting the help that I need, I had to start figuring something out. Like what do Victoria want? What do Victoria, you know, you can't dwell on the past. We can start from where we're at. What do Victoria need? What, you know, what can I do to help Victoria to get what she needs to be? And so I had to start doing a lot of meditation, started doing, uh, working with kids. I started volunteering at uh, elementary school with kids with behavior problems. They can't be still and, you know, that lash out because I can relate to those kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there somebody that, that kind of, was it a counselor? Was it a, a therapist or what was it that made you start looking at it like what does Victoria want what does Victoria need and how can Victoria get what she needs I actually had to pray about it did nobody tell me about doing anything you know I actually had to pray to God about it about you know what should I do and that's when he brought it to me you love kids you know you you love the elderly you love handicapped why not put that energy into something positive? Mm -hmm. Something that you love to do. Okay. Yeah. All right. So fast forward. Now that you are a part of um, the AADM community service, you've been great with um, your commitment, trying to get your hours done. Um, you know, we talk about your commitment to this because we say, you know, we try to make it... Um, you know, as customizable and not inflexible to the person that is taking the, um, doing our community service. So we always talk 
about you, you know, your commitment. So um, what caused, what, what is the incident that caused you to end up again dealing with the community, um, again with the justice system, the criminal justice system? What caused you to end up having to be on community service right now? I had a DUI charge, I had a fender bender and left the scene. I, you cannot listen when someone say that they're fired or their vehicle fired because leaving the scene, there are big consequences. Mm. So that's why okay. I ended up back where I'm at now. Okay, so with the DUI and the little fender bender, you left the scene. Um, and then what happened? How did uh, they find you? Well, I went home. Five minutes later, they was knocking on my door. They came out. I had to come outside. They had to give me a breath. Uh, wait, right then, they didn't give me a breathalyzer, but I had to do the uh, techniques. I had to walk in line, touch my nose, and all of that in my home. And uh, about 15 minutes later, they took me to the precinct and gave me a breathalyzer test. Mm -hmm. And That's then from the first experience I went through. Say it again, repeat that part. That, that was the worst experience I had to go through. I've never had a DUI. Okay, so what was what was what caused it to be one of the worst experience? Kind of elaborate so that the people that are listening they can kind of feel what it felt like to be you because, at that moment. Because you know, when I did when I was drinking, you know, I felt like that I was not drunk, but when I got the breathalyzer, it said otherwise. So, I mean, getting in the behind the wheel, you had a couple of drinks. That's not wise to do. You might, okay. your mind might think it's okay for you to drive, but your body says no. Okay. So basically when they, um, they, the, the test came up to where, you know, um, it's intoxication levels might've been high. What happens after that? After that? They uh, they read me my rights. They took me out to Clark County Jail, and they booked me. Just so happened that I've had money to bail myself out of jail. You know, if I didn't have the money, I would have been sitting in jail. And how much was the bond for for a charge like that? DUI, leaving the scene. Uh, how much was the bailout um, amount? I I bailed out with uh I paid two hundred some dollars. The bill was like you just tuned like in to Mocha Speaks. Mm -hmm. It's time it for a real conversation. enough to where you're able to bond yourself out of jail but what happens after that like how long did it take for you to you know see the judge um were you able to get legal aid what was that process like uh, i was able to uh see the judge i had got a court date a month later uh, we had to postpone they had to uh i had to go find me a lawyer with legal aid legal aid was very much very much helpful 
Okay. Um, just so happened, you know, everything was going on with COVID or whatever. I had to get postponed, pushed back again. So they did finally get me in. When I got in, I ended up with two years of probation. Oh, wow. I got a year for the DUI charge and a year for leaving the scene. Okay. Safe, late, uh, safe, late, uh, less driver. Okay. And were there uh, how many, uh, were there any fines and fees you had to pay on top of being on community service? Yeah, and how many uh, hours? Did the one of the um, tickets was like 600 and some dollars. That was the DUI uh, charge, uh, ticket, uh, the less safe charge. That ticket was every bit of four or five hundred dollars. Not just that, I got my license took. Mm. I had I was without license. I had to go to DUI school. You know, that was money that I had to put out, you know. Wow. And so, uh the first ticket I was able to get some community service because I was unable to pay it, you know. I was got 130 hours of community service at the time. The second ticket when I went back to court, I was unable to pay for that. So the judge added 40 more hours, 43 more hours to the rest of my hours that I had with the community service. So you have how many hours total? To I had three hours to complete when I went back to court. 60? three correct all right that's a lot of hours okay so what is how does this um impact your before i even ask you that question how do you you you, you said okay you know um i i admit you know I, I i it was a fender bender i left the scene um i didn't think that it, i was drunk i didn't think that it was going to lead to all of this um do you think that the judge how do you think the judge um, played a role in this? Do you think it was a fair sentencing or do you, do you think the judge was a good judge that gave a fair sentencing or do you have any discrepancies regarding the sentencing that you received? To be honest with you, I feel like it was a, a fair sentencing because that was my fault. Okay. You know, I feel like in certain situations, if you do the time, if you do the crime, you have to pay the time. Okay. All right. Thank you. So fast forward, you know, even though these circumstances are, are difficult, how has it impacted your life trying to, especially during COVID? Because I know this is, you know, gave birth to our community service program because of COVID and a lot of places were closed and weren't able to provide these services. But I know also a lot of people have been telling us it's hard for them to find jobs because they're still on probation. The charge is still open. Um, it's hard for them to pay the fines and the fees plus through community service. So it seems like it's five or four obstacles that are in the way of people like really trying to restore their lives, even though they feel like, you know, they did the crime, they should do the time. How has this impacted you? It, I mean, it pretty much just, you know, impacted me by, you know, trying to not able to save no money. Every, every nickel and dime that I had that I had to give out, I was unable to work. It was so, it was very stressful. 
very stressful. Okay. And is it, has it been um, difficult for you to find a job with the charge still open or how has that been for no, you? No, it hasn't been difficult for me to um, find a job. I just try to do what that I love to do. You know, I don't want to go on a job where I feel like it's a job. I want to go somewhere where I do things that I like to do, like mm -hmm. trying to help kids. If I'm able to help kids at a daycare or go to the nursing home and sit with the elderly people and talk to them, they're lonely. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to get out and try to help the people that's in my community. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And has this circumstances impact you with housing at all? Um, in a sense, being that you had you, you know, you have these fines and fees to pay. Some people say it's harder for them to find, you know, housing because of different charges. No, um, it wasn't it wasn't hard for me to find housing, but the the hardest thing that I had to do was not pay my rent in order to pay my fees, you know. And to get my driving license and stuff back. Okay, wow. So I was homeless for some time now. You know, I was homeless from November up until now, you know, in and out of hotels and sleeping in my car. Mm. Wow. So where, are you still in that situation right now? Well, yes, I am. You know, I, I go to hotels. I try to stay a couple of days with family members or what have you. It's pretty hard right now to try to get anything because, you know, a lot of places are not moving people in until the end of July or maybe August. Okay. Because they have so many people that haven't paid their rent during the pandemic and they're trying to get them out. Yeah, yeah. All right. So for people listening to this, what is one thing you would want people to know about you? What well, is one thing you would want I them want to know? People to know that I'm, I'm not a bad person. You know, I, I give my all to anybody. I would do any everything for anybody. You know, I just want people to be mindful of their actions or whatever they're doing. And think about the consequences that's going to come behind it. Yeah. And for anyone that is listening to this, again, that uh, is your parents, how is, did, were you able to restore your relationship with their parents? Um, my dad, he's out of prison now. And I've, even though I'm grown, I've cried and cried for him to be in my life, but he don't want to. So I cannot force that. Mm -hmm. you know, even though a parent do not want to be in your life, that's their loss. Because okay. in the Bible, the Lord says, your father and your mother shall forsaken you. You know, I tried to build, I had a very strong relationship with my mom when she got off drugs. And, mm -hmm. you know, recently here for the past couple of years, that relationship has gone, you know, it has went down. I don't even talk to my mom anymore. You know, mm -hmm. So those are things that I'm not even trying to focus on because I have to do what's best for Victoria. You have to do what's best for you. If people don't want to be in your life, let them go. There are other people out here that were willing to be in your life. They're, you can call family. They don't have to be blood to be your family. Mm -hmm. 
That's correct. All right, Ars, is there any, um, let me think, is there anything else I would want to ask you? That's, that's pretty good. Um, do you, um, from someone that's been in and out of the justice system, do you look at it, um, do you think it has helped you in any type of way? And, and is there anything you would change about the criminal justice system? With the situations that I've been in, it was a learning experience. And I thank everybody for putting me through those experiences because, you know, I've learned what not to do. Mm. Mm. Okay. And is there any final thought that you would want to share with the listeners? Only thought that I can give you guys is to just stay positive stay very positive and stay positive you know don't down yourself don't beat yourself up about any situation just pray pray what is a what is a verse that you use because sometimes you know people don't know how to pray they say say how do you do that so what is something that you could give them to like start off with that you use to help empower you a verse or I just use, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, on that note, thank you, Victoria, for joining this podcast conversation and for sharing your story. Um, all the listeners, you can visit our website at www.aadmovement.org. If you need any community service or any support, or any encouraging words you would like to share, um, give us your feedback on this podcast. This is Mocha Speaks. Thank you for tuning in.